Welcome to the Me Plus Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Benita Bench, a coach for mothers, author, speaker, and mum of four boys. Me Plus Motherhood is for all mothers who want to reclaim me in motherhood. If you are ready to return to and love the new you, find your spark again, gain clarity and confidence, improve your mindset and give yourself permission for health and happiness, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Me Plus Motherhood. I hope you enjoyed my conversations with Jackie Doyle and Karen Brooke in the previous two episodes. In this episode, it's just little old me. And I'm talking today about some things I learned at a mother's group meeting this morning. I had actually planned to base this episode around language and the importance of what we say both in our own minds and out loud and the impact that has on us. However, after being a guest at a mother's group meeting this morning, where I spoke about matrescence and identity shift and mental health and taking care of yourself and having support around you and opening up some conversations within the group, I think I learned as much from them as they perhaps did from me. Um, So I wanted to reflect on that with you and share some of what I learned in the hope that it will support you or perhaps you may be supporting someone in your life who would benefit from what I'm going to share as well. Some of it I have heard before, but it was a nice reminder that some of the most common issues that I hear in my coaching or that I've experienced as a mum are still are still front and centre for these mothers who some, probably majority of them that were there, there was about 15 of them, the majority that were there were first-time mums, I would say, and others were second-time or third-time mums. So it was just probably a wake-up call that some of the issues I've encountered in the past and that I hear of really are still there and really are still having an impact and what we need to do as a collective in order to change these conversations and not be having them at mother's group in five years time and to do that we all need to play our part so that as a society we move forward with new conversations new mindsets new ways of supporting mothers so I came away with six points that I've written down and reflected on. The first one was the impact of people's comments. So when people share their opinions with you and that has a real impact on your own mindset your own belief system, and then the way you go about mothering or the way you may then hold yourself back. I'll give you an example. So prime example that comes to mind is when people comment things like, well, I didn't have any help when I was a mum. And 
or well why do you need why do you need to go and do that where's your baby who's looking after your baby or gee you're you know gee you've put on weight or any any sort of comment that is just not helpful and that really comes from a place of judgment the first thing i want to say about these type of these types of comments is that they're always about the person who's offering them they're actually not about you i know in the moment when you hear them it is hard to believe that and it's also hard to have the sound mind and the patience (laughs) and the right mindset to manage the comment when in your mind you're probably feeling like how dare you or I can't believe that person is saying that or um, as one (laughs) as one mum put it in the group today she said I just told them to fuck off (laughs) and or she says I was I'm thinking that in my mind and I, I did say Sometimes that might be okay, but in most cases, it's probably not okay to say that. And I'm sure for you who are listening, you will have absolutely experienced some sort of comment that has stopped you in your tracks or someone's opinion about the way that you are going about motherhood, the way that you are disciplining your child the way that you're holding them, but your baby, the way that you're, if you're going back to work and your child's in daycare or whatever it is, and and often during pregnancy as well, like when are you having your next baby? Or, oh, looks like you're expecting. I, (laughs) I wish, and my wish is that we don't, we can move forward without, with getting better at making none of these comments. But what I would say is if you're at the receiving end of them, they can be upsetting, they can be triggering, and it's not always easy to move past them. And I have lived experience through this, as I know you will as well. So my advice here is let them go low and you stay high. Let them make their comments, but you don't have to go down with them. You stay on the vibration or the feeling that you want to stay on. You don't have to let them drag you down and you also don't need to um, adopt the thought. You don't need to embrace it. You don't need to let it enter your subconscious mind. In your mind, you can say, thanks for that. Wish them well. And that's often hard to do as well. But I encourage you to, in your mind, wish them well um, because you're then coming from a higher frequency place, a higher vibration feeling. And that feels better for you and it feels better for them too because we are always putting out energy. So there's no nothing to be gained from, in your mind, going to that FU place. Now, I, again, I recognize how difficult this can be sometimes. But if you're going to that place, you're allowing them to impact on how you feel. Stay high, wish them well, and make a comment in reply that's just light, fun, flippant, so that you don't, um, you don't take it in. 
basically. It, think of it as water off a duck's back or I sometimes imagine that I have a force field around me and what people say just bounces right off the force field because my energy deflects it. So if I can keep my energy high in that moment and not um, absorb it, just let it bounce off or run off, then they are the one who has dipped, not me. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense in what I'm talking about, vibration and feel. Basically, vibration is just another word for feeling. But instead of me going down to that low feeling place with them, which is where their comment has come from, it's coming from a place of fear, judgment, comparison, and that's all their stuff, not yours, then I don't need to go there too. We can't control what other people do, but we can control how we react to it. And I hope there's a future where people don't pass opinions, judgments, comments on your body, on what you're doing, how you're mothering. But at, at, at this point in time, we're all humans. Humans sometimes make mistakes. Sometimes we're not aware. And in what I've experienced, most of the time people don't even realize that what they're saying could be offensive. Or some people really have hearts of gold and they don't really mean what they say or they're not aware of what they're saying so sometimes the loose tongue can just happen and we also need to forgive people and not allow not absorb stuff because it's our choice what we let into our subconscious mind the second thing that came up um, which isn't surprising to me given it's a common topic of conversation as a motherhood coach is around mum guilt good old mum guilt hey and how that shows up in so many different ways. Some examples that came up in the mother's group this morning was around going back to work, putting children in daycare, um, being a stay-at-home mum and not providing or bringing in income, Um, bottle feeding instead of breastfeeding, so many different types of examples. One one mum even said that she felt guilty with her first child about using the little um, puree pouches, like the vegetable and fruit puree pouches from supermarket because she didn't want to be judged and she felt guilty about not having homemade food with her for her for her baby while she was away from home for the day. I think we there's always something to feel guilty about if we let it. Mum guilt can teach us a lot. We can learn from it. Instead of judging ourselves around it and even or even feeling guilty about feeling guilty, we can actually we can learn from it. We can kind of approach it with a curiosity and go, ah, oh, that's interesting that I'm feeling that way. Why am I feeling guilty? Whose expectation am I trying to live up to here? Because the guilt is always the difference between where we're at and the expectation we're trying to live up to. And a lot of the time, it's actually not our own. It can be someone else's. It can be that comment that someone made to you once upon a time that you have built a belief system around about how you should be mothering. So check in with yourself and make sure that it's not someone else's expectation or story or belief that you're actually trying to live up to, which is creating the guilt because we live in a world where there's, a, there's an expectation that we are perfect mothers who are always dressed beautifully and our children are dressed beautifully and we have homemade purees and we 
go for walks and we look after our health and we this is the image that society paints and you might not subscribe to that by the way like not everyone feels like they succumb to that image but there whether you know it or not you have been subjected to a set of a set of rules of motherhood through the media through marketing through the people that you've been impacted by in your lifetime so many different channels have given you messages about the way it should be, the way you should be doing motherhood, whether you're conscious of it or not. So when you feel the guilt, check in and say, what am I trying to live up to here? Is it my own stories and beliefs or is it someone else's? And what do I choose to be true for me? Now, I know that takes confidence. It takes courage and it's not always easy but it's possible and it's empowering when you can start to live and experience motherhood in the way that you define it, that you choose for you. If going back to work is what you want to do, do it. If putting your child in care one day a week so that you can have a break is what you'd like to do, do it and don't feel guilty about it. Make the decision that you're not going to feel guilty about it. Embrace it. Um, or whatever the choice is for you that, that you're making and not, and not feel guilty about it. I'm interrupting your episode to share something exciting with you. They say raising a child takes a village and I agree But there's been many times in my motherhood experience when I've questioned, where is this village that I'm supposed to have? Maybe you have too. The thing is, none of us were ever meant to walk alone on the path to and through motherhood. And that's why I've created GLOW, a motherhood immersion. Yes, we'll talk about our families, but GLOW is all about nourishing you, the mother, because she who does the holding also needs to be held. Glow is a $59 per month monthly membership that includes community, support and personal growth. A space where you will feel held, connected, supported and nourished to glow in motherhood from the inside out. Join now at benitabench.com forward slash glow or the link is in the show notes. I'd love to welcome you in. Give yourself the permission to do it how you want to do it. Okay, the third one was a chat that we had about postnatal depression and anxiety and also that which can occur before baby's born as well. Um, And a couple of the women in the group expressed the anxiety they felt before birth during pregnancy and how crippling that was. Another mum shared about her postnatal postnatal anxiety with her first child and how she didn't recognise the symptoms within herself, but her partner picked up on it. So on these points, I think it's really important that we are informed and just know about these things, that they exist, and read up on the symptoms and know kind of know what's 
I don't want to use the word normal, know what some warning signs might be so that you have an awareness within yourself. And I, and I really get it that sometimes in motherhood, you sort of are questioning, is this normal? Or is there something wrong with me? However you feel is, is okay. But I think we generally have a sense within ourselves when we might be going a little bit awry or we might be starting to get a bit worried about like and starting to question like this doesn't feel right we have an amazing instinct and we have a strong intuition all of us do and it's important to listen to it to listen to our bodies and our intuition and and trust that the messages you're hearing are there to be listened to that if something just doesn't feel right to seek support to jump onto the websites like Panda and the Gidget Foundation. Um, Some of these are linked in the show notes. And go and have a look for, and cope.org.au, those sorts of organisations that have amazing information online about, about these types of conditions that can occur. And just, just, Check it out and understand what they are so that if you start to notice anything that you can seek support. And it was expressed loud and clear today about the importance of of just asking for help and getting help when you need it. Even if you feel silly, even if you're really still questioning if anything is really wrong, be proactive, trust yourself and go and ask for help and find it. I was telling the ladies at Mother's Group today about the Gidget Foundation's Start Talking initiative, which is um, if you go onto the Gidget Foundation website, you'll be able to find it there. It's 10 free tele, telehealth psycho, like t- psychologist, I don't know if it was psychologist or counseling sessions, but basically someone to talk to if you can't get in in person with a psychologist or a counselor and you need a hand look into that and um, you do need a referral from your GP, but it's a, it's just another avenue of support. Um, we talked about feeling lost and the identity shift and the who am I now feeling that comes with, comes with motherhood. For some, that comes at a different point and not everyone feels it, but many do. And there were women in the group who... this is their first baby and are already experiencing that loss of self not being able to get out as readily no longer playing sport not being able to catch up with friends or friends not understanding where they're at and for others it might be a few years down the track when they um, are starting to feel a stirring within themselves that something needs to change but they're not sure what and I think it's very normal to grieve and to miss the person we were before children. And it's all part of this thing called matrescence, the transition into being a mother. It is, it is, it is a, it's a real thing. It's a real whole body change whole and your whole world changes. When you become a mum. you are re you are reborn as your, when your child is born, it's a rebirth of you and it's scary and it's also exciting. I encouraged the women in the group 
to think of it as, yes, maybe a sad thing to let go of it, to let go of the you you were, but also a really exciting thing that you have this opportunity to create this new version of you, to love this new version of you and to redefine her. Who is she now that she's a really cool mum? She doesn't really look the same as she did. She's, she just probably doesn't even sound like the way she did or she doesn't act the way she used to. But here I am and I'm going to love myself for who I am now and I can, and I can accept her. But I don't want to downplay the enormous transition that it is. We also talked about, I asked everyone in the group, what lights you up? Because I wanted to reconnect them to what they love because when you're swimming in nappies and feeds and not much sleep and the mental toll or the mental work that you're going through in mothering, um, it can be so easy to forget about you and not even think about what it is that you need or what you love. So just remembering what it is that you love and doing your best to factor that into your world in some way, even when it's even when it's really busy, just leave the lounge room floor messy for five minutes so that you can do that thing that you love, that thing that lights you up. The next one was number five was thinking about language. We talked about how, how you speak to yourself when you're by yourself about yourself really matters. And so the inner voice, the, the inner advocate or the inner critic, depending on what that voice is saying and the language that you're hearing in your mind and the, the language that you're speaking out loud, how that is always affirming either a limiting belief or an empowering belief or, or an empowering or a story that holds you back or a story that empowers you. So be mindful of what it is you're saying, even the things you say in jest, like, oh, I'm so useless, or that was stupid of me, or I can't believe I did that, or, oh, I'm not a good mum, or, or I can't do this, or this is too hard. Yes, we all have those thoughts at, at times, those, those thoughts that aren't helpful, or those beliefs that are limiting, but it's, it's the amount you hear them and the amount you say them that you start to then buy into them. So be mindful of what you're saying, how you're saying it, how it's showing up in your mind and create a better story and a better, a better, more empowering one that you tell yourself, even if it feels fake at the beginning. Like I remember um, I went through a period of motherhood where I feel like all I ever said in my mind and out loud was, I can't do this. This is too hard. This is too hard. And it, because it, because I was thinking this is hard all the time. And to be honest, it probably was a pretty hard time, um, considering how close in age our boys were and the intensity of that time, like from the outside looking in, you would say, you know, it was a hard time, but it was, I was not helping myself by continually thinking and saying that it was hard because then it feels hard, right? Like just, just test that theory. When you think something's hard, it feels hard. So change the language and affirm this is easy. I can do this. This is easy. 
And although when I first started to do that, I felt like a total fraud and I felt like I, you sort of fake it till you make it because when you say, this is easy, I can do this, this is easy, there's a whole different energy around that and there's a whole different energy it brings into your world on a day-to-day basis. Lastly, what was raised by the group was their frustration with their partners getting credit for looking after the baby or people shaming them as the mother when they have a break. And I was really hoping that as a society we might be past this by now, but obviously not. Um, So I think it's important that you value yourself. Again, we can't control what others say. We can't control what others think. But we know our relationship with our partner and we know that they're capable and that they can um, share in the parenting, then we don't need to prove that to anyone or we don't need to justify it to anyone. That's something between you and them. And if people do make comments about, well, shouldn't you be at home with the baby or, you know, is your partner babysitting tonight? Again, just let that run off. You don't need to absorb it. And it's not okay that they're shaming you, but it's your choice how you react to it. So trust yourself, value yourself, know that you are a working mum, whether you're engaged in paid work or not. You're a working mum who is doing the most important job in the world. I hope that this episode has been helpful and I'd love to hear from you as to what you found useful from this episode. Until Until the next one, go well and lots of love. For listening to the Me Plus Motherhood podcast. If you've loved this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with other mothers. If you are on the journey of motherhood, ready to reconnect with who you are, find your spark again, and shine your light bright, head on over to benitabench.com or my handle is at benitabench on Instagram and Facebook to connect with me there. See you in the next episode.